It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Listening to the pure, sweet, and solid trumpet talent of a Juno-nominated artist from Canada named Rachel Therian. She now lives in New York and is a regular fixture on the New York jazz and Latin jazz scene. She has formed a band called the Latin Jazz Project to record an album called Mio Gard, which translated means my home. Latin jazz holds a special place in her heart, and that love for this genre compelled her to travel to and live in Cuba to research and study the music more than a decade ago. Rachel has also shared the stage with many noted musicians, including Tony Allen, Pedrito Martinez, Claudio Roditi, Billy Drummond, and Anat Cohen. She also works regularly as a core member of the Arturo O'Farrell's Grammy-winning Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra. Here now is my recent conversation with this prolific band leader and maestro on the trumpet, Rachel Therian. Rachel, thanks for being our guest on All That's Jazz. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be here. You're one of those guests where it makes it a little bit of a challenge or dilemma about where to begin. There are so many fascinating things about you, Rachel, that it's one of those where you have to kind of pick and choose as to where we should approach this. You're a prolific band leader. You're a maestro on the trumpet and the flugelhorn. You are an in-demand artist who happens to also appear on three concurrent newly released albums, namely The Ostara Project, Duality, and also, of course, your own latest release. You are a regular, as if you're not busy enough, as a member of the Arturo O'Farrell Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra. You're a Canadian-born citizen of the world who has lived in Canada, Cuba, and now New York. Your new album is called Mi Hogar, which translated means My Home. So maybe on that note, that's where we should begin. Where is it exactly that you call My Home? Mm -hmm. Well, I like to I like to think that my home is is where my shoes are at the moment. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I think I'm a passionate traveler, and I learned how to feel home 
a little bit everywhere. I think the home is more the community and the people surrounding me. And, and gratefully, we're in an era where like phone helps us to like feel home a little bit everywhere because we're connected with our people no matter where we are. So it's good. But at the same time, deeply rooted in your soul and in your music is the Latin flavor of the world. Here you are, a French-Canadian by descent. Where does the Latin influence come in? Well, actually, it's it started more with West African music. When I was, when I was uh, around 17, 18, I started playing a lot with, uh, with the French immigrant diaspora in Montreal, which was mostly from like Morocco, um, Algeria, West Africa. I played with groups from Burkina Faso, from uh, Ivory Coast and stuff. So I always was very, um, and, and Haiti a lot. There's a lot of, of uh, there's a huge Asian community in Montreal. And, and I was, um, I had the honor to just be welcomed by all those communities. And I learned a lot from it. And it's later on when I, when I went to study in Cuba that I really fell in love with, with, um, Afro-Cuban music and later on more more Latin influence uh, cultures like Colombia and Mexico and I also toured with a mariachi band for a while Flor de Loache so I learned a little bit of mariachi style I just I think like yeah jazz is just a com it's it's a music of conversation uh, through improvisation and the more uh, different cultures that you actually know about and learn about the more uh, the richer is what you can create musically, I think. So how is it that you ended up going to Cuba and living there for a while? Um, well, I was at University of Montreal, and I wasn't really happy at that time. Um, I was starting to think of doing something else, actually. And I met, I had, we had the opportunity to play um, with a big band, uh, with, with a drummer, Geraldo Piloto, which is a great drummer from Cuba. He used to play with Iraquere. Um, Iraquere is like a famous uh, Cuban group. Chucho Valdez Project, it's, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you can search for it. But um, we played, he came to play with a big band and he brought a trumpet player and his trumpet player was like, hey, you sound great. And I was full of unconfidence back then, and he was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe you should think of studying in Cuba. They have a very great teacher." And I followed his advice. And six months later, I was I was my two feet in Havana studying at Instituto Superior de Arte, and um, I studied with a lot of different people, and I learned a lot. And it's really there that I realized that um, no matter what people would say or think about what my career could be, <laughs> like. I, I'm the only one that can create my own path. So if it's what I want to do, it's what I'm going to do. There's something very different with Cuba. Um, and again, I was there in 2008. A lot of stuff changed since. Like I, I, I haven't, when I lived there, I, it was in 2008, 2009. And how it was back then, it was it was a pretty good year. I think a pretty good time for Cuba. And people just seemed so happy. And kids were so awake. And like there's... It's a bit of a critique about like all the how all our lives that are on our phone today, you mm -hmm. know, like the it's it's the lack of access to information is a problem in Cuba, but at the same time it doesn't affect on people that are more present and grounded and <laughs> awake and it's it's changing and for good cuz like being uh cut from the access of information is not a positive thing, but 
there's there's something great with the humanity of Cuba. So with respect to your personal lifestyle and music specifically, is this now where you are living in in a Latin world? Uh, it seems like what you've been producing when it's on the Latin side of things is exquisite. Hmm. Well, it's since well since the past 15 years I've been dreaming of the, of doing this uh, Latin jazz project. Um, so it's my sixth album, but it does feel like the first one of like, I, I've never, I never feel as happy as when I play those rhythms and I can't explain it. There's no reason why it's just a feeling. It's just how, <laughs> how I feel personally when I play that. But, you know, but, at, at the same time, Rachel, I would think that that's, that's key to what it's all about. It's about the feeling. It's about the emotion. I cannot think of anyone that couldn't somehow get lost in the Latin music, whether it's to dance, evoke memory, to tap your toes, put you in another place, presumably always better. Mm, exactly, exactly. And and in fact, like all, all the other records that I did that is more straight ahead jazz, I, I, I do love doing it. Like there's the part of playing jazz with a lot of different musicians and a lot of uh, different repertoire that, that just, makes me happy in in any way like i love i yeah but those rhythms it's it makes me want to dance and it's okay to dance see <laughs> you know what i mean that's what it's all about so were you always a trumpet player is that where you started out and obviously are there now yeah i, I started as a trumpet player when i was 12 i have no musician like close music uh, in my close family uh my dad was a boat captain my mom a teacher and um I started in high school and we moved from a city to another one. And because of that, I, I got in school a little bit late and the only instrument left were trumpet and trombone. <laughs> so I picked the trumpet because at least there were pistons. And then I did drum corps and I don't know, I just I just loved it. I always loved the challenge, the challenge. And I had my, my first high school teacher were, were, were great teachers and they knew they knew how to see um, the sparkle of passion that I had and they, they knew how to push me and challenge me because they saw I could, <laughs> I could handle challenge. So I, I always, yeah, since, since I was 15, I wanted to do this of my life. And So who are some of your influencers uh, in terms of the trumpet uh, and, or just the music in general? Well, I have so many, in terms of trumpet, there are a lot. I think all the names that you could think of, I probably listened to and have been influenced by. Um, but like if if I think I really loved I really, really digged into Art Farmer and um Freddie. Right. Freddie Hubbard right. and Lee Morgan and Hug Masekela um that passed recently and I yeah. never had the chance to meet him. So um but Musically, really, it's so broad. Like uh, my my go to every day, well, every day it, when I have to focus is Ali Varkature, which is a uh, African guitar player. Yeah, there's so many influence. I, I said Irakere. I, I yeah, I I heard I listened to all Irakere records. Uh, yeah, I have. I, I just I just if if you look at my at my music library, it's very hectic. So it's always mm. hard for me to to pinpoint on one influence but then here we are landing your feet now in this recording called mi Urgar, 
and it's my home. So what does that mean? What, what does that sense of that word, my home, mean to you? And why that name on the album? Well, my home, it, it has a lot of meaning. It has the meaning, the present meaning, where it's that my home is in various uh, places right now. It's also the meaning of community because there's, there's more than 20 musicians on the, on the album. And it's all people that have been part of my musical journey in the past 15 years that I felt I needed to include in my first, uh, in this first record, in this first Latin jazz record. Um, but it also mean, it, 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 it's also like a little bit of the meaning of when I was, when I went to Cuba when I was 20, that it's, I've never really felt home like I felt home over there. You talk about community and you say there are 20 people on this album of Miogar and... <laughs> Why 20 people? I mean, that, that's an awful lot. How hard was that to assemble and put together? It was very hard. It was very hard, but it was beautiful. We had basically what we did is that there really was, as I said, it's my sixth album, but it's the very first one of, of Latin jazz. And I've been thinking of doing this album since the past 15 years. So there were a lot of people I wanted to include in it. And I couldn't choose only one bass player. I couldn't choose only one piano player. Um, there was a there were a lot of people that were part of this journey with me that I really wanted to be uh, sharing this moment with. The only person that is on all the pieces is Michel Medrano Brindis, which is the drummer. Uh -huh. uh, he he's one of my best friends since Cuba. I know him since we were both in our early twenties uh, playing together. There's a video online somewhere of me and him playing in a festival in Havana in 2008 <laughs> with a piano player called Rembert Duarte. And I, I, I felt it made sense to have him everywhere in this journey with me because he's been at, since the beginning of that little sparkle. But yeah, there's uh, so how we did. We did. I, I had to do three sessions. I did a session in Montreal, a session in Toronto and a session in New York just so I could include everyone um, that I wanted to include because they were all obviously it's all live sessions. It's all live in studio because it's there's too many interaction to not. To, not, to have been done otherwise. Tune 1, 2, and 7 are recorded in Montreal. Con Alma, Mojo, Mojo, and um, The Wizard was recorded in New York, and Odessa was recorded in Toronto. For, for, the, for the listeners, this is a, this is a little secret. Um, there's a volume 2 coming up, because we actually recorded more, more music than just this album. So eventually there's going to be a, a second album coming out. Well, thank you for that exclusive. Let's talk about some of the other tracks that are on Miogar. You, you started out with, uh, I'm going to have to uh, probably not match your pronunciation on many of these things, but Pacricio Arabe. Capricio Arabe. Yeah, you're good. So <laughs> what about that one? Capriccio Arabe is, um, that's an arrangement of a classical guitar piece composed by Francisco Tarega, which is a, a classical composer from the 1800s. When I, when I lived in Cuba, I, I studied a lot of percussion as well. Uh, I studied timbales and, and bongos because there's, there's no other, there's no other way to really learn rhythm than actually learn how to play the percussion or the rhythm you know what i mean mm -hmm. so and i worked a lot I, I i studied with emilio and monte which is an amazing um was an amazing percussionist and and teacher and we worked a lot on danson so i 
and I love classical guitar. It, it is relaxing me a lot when I work, when I have to do computer work and stuff. So I rearranged this piece that I found beautiful in a down-song concept. Dan song goes into cha-cha-cha, but I, I decided to go a little bit faster just to have some trades with percussions and stuff. But yeah. You were talking about arrangements, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, of the seven tracks on this particular release, you arranged all of them. I arranged all of them except Moho, which is a composition from uh, Gabriel Chakari, the piano player. I mean, we, we decided solos and stuff together, but it's this is really is composition so but all the rest yes it's my arrangement or my composition in in the case of uh three of them yeah and of course on moho you put the trumpet down and pick up the flugelhorn mm-hmm. exactly the flugelhorn well i've been playing a lot of flugelhorn in fact my my last record vena is 90 90 flugelhorn so it's it really is it's an instrument when i did uh drum corps when i was a teenager they put me on mellophone, which is like an adaptation of the flugelhorn, I guess, for, um, for for marching bands and stuff. And it's probably, yeah. And the first record I've ever received was Chuck Mangione. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so well. maybe there's something over there. <laughs> I just love the tone, the tone and the feel of the flugelhorn. So, as yeah, I love using it not just in ballads, but in in moving piece as well. Well, it's a great collaboration of you and the flugelhorn, especially as you said on, on Vena, which was one of the other uh, albums that you did, and that also happened to have been a Juno nominee. Yeah, that was my first Juno nomination as a as a artist, as a solo artist. <laughs> 
And I know Juno is sort of like the equivalent of the Grammys. Yeah, exactly. Juno is the Canadian Grammy. Grammys, it's more international, Mm -hmm. which I think it's great. (laughs) Coming back to you and your album, you were mentioning percussion. And on uh, this uh, album, you have a, a tune called Odessa, and it features a percussionist playing bata. Yeah. Uh, actually, this uh, Magdeli Saving, she's a, she's an amazing percussionist uh, from Cuba that we actually studied together. We're friends since uh, Instituto Superior de Arte. We were studying at the same time uh, in Havana. And she now lives in, in Toronto uh, with her ri- wife, and they have an amazing project called Okan. I don't know if you heard about it. It's O-K-A-N. Mm, it's a okay. great... Um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. I I really really enjoy uh, their project, and I wanted to feature them. So um, more coming up in the future, featuring Okan. But this piece Odessa features only Magdalis, which uh, bata. But the bata drum is is um, traditional instrument from Cuba. It's um, it's it comes from the Yoruba Yoruba tradition, um, and she's she's amazing. She plays the three of them, and she actually learned by herself. She plays left-handed because she learned by watching other people play so she had to reverse it And I took a little bit of bata lessons with her, actually. She was my bata teacher. <laughs> I wrote it for Odessa, the city, because I had the opportunity to, with Vena uh, to go play in Ukraine. I played. I went to play in Ukraine four times, uh, my own project. This is before the whole madness of what's happening there. And this composition was inspired a little bit by that. And I wondered why it was dark. And then later, later on when we recorded it, I was like, oh, okay, it was... Almost like premonition. Yeah, and it's Odessa is it's one of my play, favorite place I've been uh, in all my travels. So, yeah, I have a lot of friends that are there, amazing musicians that are living there. That last last time we talked, we were they were putting sandbags mm. around the city. It's kind of crazy. Yes, it is. And prayers, hopes, and thoughts uh, are with the people of the Ukraine. Uh, let, let's hope that we can restore 
a little more normalcy and, and people like yourself or me or other people can visit and experience that country, that culture, mm-hmm. it, it, it has a lot to offer. Exactly. So speaking of a lot to offer on this particular recording, Neo Garter, you also pay tribute to some of the, uh, the masters of the music, namely John Coltrane, and you do his Moments Notice. Yeah, it's actually, it's the first time that I put jazz standards on any of my records. (laughs) And moments notice, I mean, John Coltrane, we talked about influence earlier. John Coltrane is a huge influence and he's one of my favorite, not not just about his playing and composition, but in his way of creating trance with his music. Mm -hmm. I think what calls me more about john coltrane's music is how he could just there's a lot of trance in his music that you that you can find the same thing into in in um in african music in general so yeah it made sense to to rearrange moments notice not an easy tune to solo one <laughs> so it was great to like just show, showcase a little bit of my jazz thing and um conalma made sense because it's dizzy gillespie and it's the first when i did uh, drum corpse as a teenager we did an arrangement of conalma and it was my first contact of learning about dizzy gillespie and, and latin jazz music so it made sense to do this one It's a beautiful rendition of uh, of that song. Nice choices, lady. Thank you. So, speaking of choices, I, I'm uh, I'm fascinated by this uh, closing track on the album, which is uh, Porcelanosa. Porcelanosa. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that's kitchen tile, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> you're exactly right. Um, Basically, when I write music, this Porcelanosa is one of my composition. And often when I write music, I like to just uh, leave with a little piece of paper. I have a tiny book right here. It's a tiny book of sheet music that I just bring in my in my bag all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to just sit in random places and, and write 
with on on the sheet music paper what I hear in my head. And I was sitting in New York in front of the uh, Porcelanosa building. You actually see it. There's a video. There's a official video that came out on my YouTube channel um, that we see that 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 building that I was sitting in front when I wrote it. Um, so it has nothing to do with the tile itself. It's just it just happened that I wrote it in front of it, and I I just wrote the name of the building because it was in front of me. is that talking with uh, with a friend from Puerto Rico, he was telling me that uh, in Puerto Rico, they call porcelanosa, they, they say porcelanosa that to women that comes from the north. <laughs> oh, really? So it's, it's kind of a cool coincidence. <laughs> so it obviously wasn't something you composed while you were in the kitchen or in the bathroom where all the tile was. No. <laughs> Tell me uh, about the album, uh, Rachel, that uh, that you hope would be the expectation or the payoff for you. Yeah, I, I just hope to tour a little bit more with this project. Uh, I really want to share the love of this album and this music. And um, hopefully with, with this, this new project, I can start touring a little bit more in the U.S. I've been touring a lot in Canada and, and in Europe, uh, gratefully. So I hope to open a little bit more of the U.S. market with that uh, project and, and wherever it brings me. I just want to play this music and play with my friends <laughs> with this great musician community. Well, this sounds like it might be a difficult one to take on the road because I don't know if you can reassemble all 20 musicians. and uh, Or yeah, can you? That, that's, also, that's also a strategic uh, um, thing is that um, there are great Latin jazz musician everywhere. So I can, I have a, I have a band based in New York. I have a band based in Montreal and um, that covers it for here. And now I'm going to release the album um, on May, on April 19 in Paris. And I'm doing it with Latin jazz musician from France in France, based in France. So um, yeah, the, the repertoire, it's moving. The, the album is moving with me, and there's a lot of musicians that I can showcase from everywhere and have fun playing with. I think it's like the beauty of jazz is that we can actually like create music live mm -hmm. uh, everywhere. It's too bad we couldn't uh, virtually connect to that performance in France. That would be amazing. Exactly. That would be great. Speaking of amazing, as I said at the beginning when we were starting our conversation, you, you've played with the Arturo O'Farrell's Grammy-winning Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra. Are you still doing that? Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of the, of the Afro-Latin Jazz uh, Orchestra. And we play at Birdland every Sunday. And there's a lot of other tours and other shows. And, and Arturo O'Farrell is such an inspiring uh, 
musician and human being and activist and if yeah if i want to aspire to something and and i would love to to become something like he's became it's it's very inspiring to see him <laughs> everything he does actually so yeah. are you on the grammy winning uh, recording that recently happened Unfortunately, not. I was I was wondering because I was already in the band when when the album was recorded, and I went back into my calendar and I actually was on, on tour in in Ukraine, and that's why I missed that concert. So no, I'm not on that record. I was on the uh, the past record, the Virtual Birdland, that also got nominated last year. Mm -hmm. um, this time I was on it, but no, unfortunately, not this one. <laughs> Where do you go from here? Wow. Well, I have I have some dates coming up. I'm going I'm going in France this summer. Uh, I'm going in France in April, and again this summer I'm teaching at Marciac Marciac Jazz Festival. Uh, it's my third year teaching at a jazz camp there. Um, I have a lot of tour dates that you can find on my website RachelTheron.com. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 actually working. I did a I have I have a lot of music that's going to come out in the couple in the next couple months years uh, that are different outside of the Latin jazz project as well so um yeah my I'm I'm like a little hamster <laughs> the wheel's moving and it's moving rapidly exactly I feel lucky to to have this as my life <laughs> absolutely and we're lucky to have you in our life as listeners of great music and uh, Rachel I I can't uh, express to you enough gratitude for taking the time to talk to us and be our guest on All That's Jazz. Thank you so much. Thank you for making me smile and feel good. Good. <laughs> good luck for your podcast and everything. It's great that you're doing that, and I'm grateful you had me today. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with trumpeter and band leader Rachel Therian. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.